We interrupt this program to bring you... You must be the in-laws. So very pleased to meet you. Hi. Uh, Bud, Sylvia, this is... Jack Frost. No, not Jack Frost. He's playing Jack Frost in our Yippie It's Canada parade. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> to bring frosty cheer to the workers. I'm kind of like the team mascot, eh? Raw, raw. Who does your hair? You like it? It's, 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 I, I freeze dry. everybody welcome back to another episode of the real review my name's kevin and i'm john my name is adam and we are the real movie guys it's december so you know what that means real christmas real christmas is the series where we take a look at all your favorite holiday movies and this year we're taking a look at specifically the santa claus theories with its third entry the santa claus 3 the escape clause santa aka scott calvin is faced with double duty how to keep his new family happy, and how to stop Jack Frost from taking over Christmas. Well, we had a very uh, subpar last entry in the film. Uh, we were a little bit over the place. I think for like C range, I had the lowest score. You know, me being the Grinch totally makes sense sometimes. Uh, but Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, I'm really surprised it happened. I don't know how well the second movie did. I, I guess it did moderately successful, I would assume. Uh, I didn't actually look at box office record numbers, but, you know, I, I assume it did for this to even happen in the first place. And in some ways, I wish it never did. Uh, Adam, what do you think about this film? Because I think this is my least watched entry in the series, would be the third one. Uh, what are some of your early thoughts on it? Um, the word unnecessary comes to mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it also suffers from an identity crisis, because once again, we have the similar situation of the second movie where... There's a relatable situation where Mrs. Claus is about to have a child. Right. And then there's this whole tonal shift again about about this villain oh, that man. just comes in. Mm, Martin Short. Oh, boy. The kiss of death <clears throat> sometimes. Uh, uh -huh. Oh, boy. Uh, John, what are your thoughts? Early thoughts on uh, the escape clause here? No, yeah, I agree. It definitely didn't have to happen. And it's also one of those. It's also the movie I've seen probably. I think this was maybe the second time I've seen this movie. So it's not like one of the movies where I've gone back to try to find or look for her at all. And I don't remember if this movie was ever like in the theaters either or anything. You know, I was trying to remember if it was. I want to say it was straight to DVD release. Something tells yeah. me it was, but I don't know. Uh, that Adam, sounds you, right. I, do you, I don't know, right? I, I can't that remember. That sounds right, yeah. I, feel I don't like remember it being in theaters. No, I don't, because I remember the other two clearly being mm -hmm. in theaters. But this one, I just I couldn't remember for the life of me. But regardless, uh, Adam, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, the mixed bag is what we're getting here. Uh, everything mm -hmm. from the message to the tone. Uh, maybe it is a little more consistent in some ways than the first one. Uh, that doesn't make it better. That just means it's consistently bad throughout most of the movie uh you know again a great idea we had a great initial concept like you said we could have saw santa you know he's trying to deal with his wife mrs claus to having to deliver a baby she's upset that he's being santa claus even though she knows who he is and what he's wrapped into uh 
you know, just having a conversation there. Uh, but he decides to bring the in-laws in, his divorced wife, which I think is a hilarious joke that they even make in the movie. Like, oh, you brought, like, your divorced wife and her family here? Like, doesn't that make you, like, jealous? I think the, the one mother-in-law says that to mm-hmm. Mrs. Claus. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Yeah, there's funny ideas here. But the problem with that is this, again, once again, the film isn't able to do two things. Right, it can't mend these two different plots together for an enjoyable family experience. Unfortunately, it tends to make just the family stuff more for the adults, you know, as far as him dealing with the in-laws and stuff like that. And then there's the downright 100% kids jokes, which for me, I don't think they landed at all. Uh, Adam, how about you? Were you did you find really anything funny? Uh, I would say maybe more so. I found this movie kind of boring. Yeah, it was it was it was a slog to get through. It was like uh, I I don't know maybe it's because we're just watching them all in succession. I think that's what it is too, right? Comparatively, it's just I don't know. The tonal shift really affects this third movie. Yeah, and it sucks because I think there's as far as humor like that kind of kept me going. Which as bad as I thought the second one was, at least there were some decent jokes Mm -hmm. in there and some decent interactions. This movie didn't have that really for me at all, and. You know, Martin Short, it is what it is, right? Uh, Martin Short can be grating at times, but I would say he was actually one of the maybe better, more funny characters in the movie, but he felt very restrained, right? Uh, Him and Tim Allen, I think, have some really good chemistry because, once again, Tim Allen's fantastic in this movie. You can't say he doesn't do a great job because he does. If anything, maybe he phoned it in just a little bit in this movie he didn't seem as fully engaged as he did in the previous films uh but him and martin short and it's evident actually if you watch after the movie uh there's a bunch of like outtakes with him and martin short like going back and forth together during some of the scenes those outtakes seem more fun than the actual movie we got uh Mm. john what did you think of this what did you think of jack frost being included in the story i just thought that this movie was all over the place and also like we were saying like last time too where it was like you have the kids part and then you have the adults part. I feel like this one was more definitely more separated too and just wasn't as good. No. Like even the kids parts were like very bad for a kids part. Right. No, and it's like the parts for the kids which are supposed to be the more interesting parts actually come off more boring and anything else like they're really the, the problem is too I feel like there's no message. What is the message really? in this movie like everyone has to get along through the holidays and like but then jack frost gets a warm hug and he becomes a good guy spoilers sorry spoiled santa claus 3 oh no uh you know it's like what is what is what's the meaning with this movie like every holiday movie always has like a clear defined you know like beginning and end like the first one you know become closer to your son embrace yourself second one even to an extent you know, marry Santa, you can't ever leave him. You know, we, we get it. We get it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's a theme there, right? Unless you push him off the roof, like, then this he's gone. Just, this movie just felt like two different, completely different ideas that just got slammed together. Which, again, the first one, maybe they felt a little bit closer in nature just because of the situation. But when it comes to this movie, they had no business being together, I thought, in my opinion. What do you think, Adam? It's just, I, I think... They could have, you know, just changed the story a little bit around. I, I think that there's definitely, once again, like the same issues with the second movie, that there's definitely something here. It's just they executed it wrong. Right. And do you think the Jack Frost, do you think having Martin Short was a good idea in this movie? Do you think it could have worked? Was there a world? I think it could have worked. I think maybe if, like, 
maybe a snowstorm had kicked up and uh, Scott Calvin couldn't get to his wife that was having the baby or something. And then they had to go maybe um, hide Jack Frost until maybe like halfway in the film, like not introduce him right away. Right. Something like that. Kind of make more of a uh, like, I guess, a what is it? A more of a reveal, if yeah, you will. That would have been interesting. I could see that yeah. maybe working. Uh, this movie also wants to. Uh, we didn't talk about it really in the last movie because it was kind of a crucial part, almost more so in this one, is uh, the world building among the deities of the holidays and the mm-hmm. seasons. Uh, I think they're kind of fun. Uh, if they're they're a bit cringy for sure. Uh, I think we've seen better adaptations of that down the line. Uh, the movie Rise of the Guardians. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that movie. Yeah. Uh, fantastic film yeah. uh, with uh, Gomero del Toro at the helm and uh, did a great job creating those kind of characters. Uh, animated, of course, so you have a little more leniency there. But uh, this movies are just like cheap phone-ins. Uh, the Tooth Fairy is uh, the best part. He was the best part in this. He's not really much in this movie. Uh, the previous movie, though, I, I did like the Tooth Fairy inclusion. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, but, you know, what, what they serve to the plot just seems kind of silly and unnecessary. Uh, what do you think, John? Do you think there was really, we needed that world building in this movie? You think it was just, again, too much thrown into the pot? Yeah, there was just, it was almost like they just took a whole bunch of ideas, threw it in a pot, and hoped it worked. I felt like it was definitely one of those movies where the, I feel like they felt more that they needed to have a third one than anybody else really cared if they had a third one. Yeah, it's like uh, they needed to complete a trilogy that no one wanted, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they also it also is like almost one of those like you know when you 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 can tell that people phoned it in and stuff. So it's almost like the actors themselves even knew that this was a throwaway movie. Right. And I think one of the actors that kind of bothered me was um, Spencer Breslin, which I did give him praise, I think, in the first, the last movie. I said he was really good uh, with him and Bernard, which who's missing in this movie. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Why he's not in this. I don't know. Maybe he had the foresight not to come back. Good on him for knowing that. Um, but yeah, they so what they did was instead of just making, you know, his character, Curtis, his own character, they decided to merge the two. Uh, Curtis, I guess, becomes the new head elf, but he adapts mm-hmm. some of like Bernard's like quirks and the way he talks, the way he speaks and goes about the situation. It was really annoying. And thankfully, he's not in the movie that much because I think it would have really drove me off because it sucks, right? It sucks to see a character I thought was pretty good in that film turned into this hybrid of a character that I really didn't want. Uh, what did you think of that, Adam? Did you notice that like combination of character there? Yeah, it's disappointing because Bernard's a great character. And then all of a sudden, just like, nah, he doesn't exist anymore. Right. And then just, I feel like they changed the Curtis character, which, you know, I wasn't fully in love with anyway. But the the fact that you just made him, made two characters into one just felt very unnecessary to me. Yeah, especially when they had such a great dynamic. I mean, it would have been better off just not acknowledging it, I think. Maybe just keeping Curtis the way he was and not acknowledging Bernard's, just not combining the two, I think, is what would have worked for me. Uh, what do you think about that, John? Was there any other like annoyances you had with some of the casting there? Or... No, you really hit all the nails on the head. Uh, I want to talk about the in-laws because uh, I did enjoy, this is kind of funny, uh, the father-in-law was kind of funny to me. I know it was played for like the cliche like jokes, but he did have some like solid one-liners throughout this movie. Uh, I think there's a part where he literally says, like, I think the kitchen's on fire after Jack Frost like sabotaged it. And he goes like, what the hell's going on here? What's, what's wrong with you people? What's this? What is like? I don't know why, but it made me think of the movie in general. Like, right? It just made me think of like, what is this mess that you made that we're looking at right now? Uh, 
that was the most relatable thing I think they said in this movie. <laughs> but um, other positive, I do want to end on like another positive thing here is I do think the set design was really good in this movie. Uh, they almost tuned, toned down the CGI a little bit. Like there still was like some obnoxious CGI, like with um, the snow globe scene and everything like that. And some of like the time travel didn't look so great or whatever. We could forgive that to an extent, but uh, I do like the set design. I thought the city looked really nice. A very like kind of like hallmarky Christmassy kind of town, you know, with the shop and everything like that. I think this is probably the best. I think the sets actually looked as far as these films. Um, you know, I think, that adds a lot to that Christmas spirit that they're trying to go for. It's just, unfortunately there's no, nothing else engaging about it. Uh, what did you think of that, Adam? Did you like the set design or? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I it was very uh, pleasing to look at. Yeah. I liked the colors and uh, it, it, it did feel very um, Christmassy. Except for the, the Santa chimney, the Santa mouth chimney. Why was that a choice? Once again, unnecessary. I'll give you that, John. Why do you think they picked the Santa mouth? Was there a Why joke there that Santa I was missing? I don't know. I guess it's trying to tell you that Santa's all about himself. Selfish man. <laughs> I, I guess, Deep maybe. inside, Santa's a selfish guy. You know, I'll take that because they don't really know what to tell as far as the story. Uh, you know, in a, in a way, I'm glad that the trilogy sort of ended because then we got a sequel series that I believe we'll attempt to talk about in the future here. Uh, but, you know, if it ended right here... I it kind of be fine. Um, I didn't really need any more. Uh, the inclusion of time travel is always a tricky thing. And I mean, it's a part of a Christmas tradition. If you look at like, it's a wonderful life and films like that of that nature. Uh, it's kind of fun to see that time travel is always included in these holiday films. Like I never wanted to be Santa, but at the same time, because it's been done so many times, it becomes lazy. And maybe that's the worst offense this movie had is it's just lazy and doesn't know what it wants to be. Um, it was a cash grab that that's clear, I think in a lot of ways, but, uh, fortunately the, you know, I wish I could have escaped from the escape clause cause, uh, that was pretty terrible. And I don't wish that on my worst enemy, but with that being said, I want to give you my final score. I'm going to give the Santa Claus three, the escape clause, a D minus. We got a dangerous situation here. Back off. Back off. Don't breathe. Don't breathe it. What's wrong with you people? We're an inch away from Armageddon. I'll get a mop. It's not a total failure, right? I think there are some interesting things. Tim Allen's performance is enough for me to sit through it to an extent. Uh, I think Martin Short's kind of fun a little bit. Uh, the idea's okay. But you notice what I'm saying here? I'm not saying anything's fantastic. Uh, if you're going to show this with your family, if you're going to sit down this holiday season and watch a movie, uh, don't watch this. You know, just watch the first Santa Claus. Uh, if you're really intrigued and your kid really absolutely loves this, the first one, maybe show them the second one. You don't need this movie. Just move on. John, where do you stand with this film? I give this movie a great big F. <laughs> Comet. First time we fly. Go easy on the alfalfa. <laughs> oh. Terrible. Oh. Not good. Not going to watch it again. Oh, F, of, F of the holiday season there. John put the coal in the stocking right there. Ow. Oh, I thought I, I was harsh. I, I pushed Santa Claus off the roof this time. Oh, my God. All right, Adam. You're the last one. Where do you stand? Uh, I'm going to give it a D. Guys, I've done it. What have you done? It's enjoyable to a certain extent. 
I, I think, like you said, it is worth it to watch for um, Tim Allen's another performance of Santa Claus because he's just enjoyable as that. But beyond that, it's not really uh, another necessary for a rewatch. No, it's not in your holiday classics lineup. You know, I mean, there's always like the films that we talk about. The first Santa Claus absolutely is, I think, 100 mm-hmm. uh, percent. The sequels, though, they're, they're take it or leave it. Right. They're kind of the, the background noise, if you will. If you were flipping through the channels and it happened to come on. I think that's what it would be. But uh, luckily, they're all available on Disney Plus, not sponsored. So you can check them all out now. But, uh, you know, thank you guys all so much for joining us for this episode. This is the last entry in the Santa Claus trilogy. Uh, If we have time and we're able to, we're going to talk about the new show, The Santa Clauses, because I think there's some interesting things to speak about as far as that show. But uh, until the next one, we'll catch you guys next time. See you. Bye. If you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys and should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.